Thank you for choosing to listen to today's message by Reverend Dr. David Entry. We know you will be blessed as you seek and serve God. We believe that this message will stir up a desire for more of God, even as you listen. Be blessed. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the privilege to hear your word. We pray that take us deeper into you, for iron sharpens iron. Reveal yourself to us by your spirit through the teaching of your word. I pray that anoints me to speak boldly the mysteries of the kingdom, to the glory of your name, to you alone be all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. John chapter 4 verse 21, Jesus said unto her, woman, believe me, the hour comes when the hour come when ye shall neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, ye know not what. Ye worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour comes, and actually now is, when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeks such to worship him. God is the spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Amen. The Father is an active seeker. He comes to seek us, and that becomes the source of our worship. He saves us, so we worship. The fact that you are saved, redemption makes us worshipers. Or redemption, by default, once you are redeemed, that means you have been given a call to worship. Redemption is a call to worship. It talks about how he has called us with a holy calling. He has called us with a high calling. He has called us with a heavenly calling. Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 8, heavenly calling. First, um, Philippians chapter um, 3 verse 12 and um, Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1, holy calling. So God has called us and our call he said, for those he foreknew, he also predestined, Romans chapter 8, 29. For those he foreknew, he also predestined. Those he predestined, he, uh, he also called. So we are called. He has called us into his glory. I think first, first Peter chapter 5, verse 10, it talks about God who has called us into his kingdom and glory or so we have been called. This calling automatically makes us worshippers. So we are worshippers because he chose to call us. So the source of worship is the work of God through redemption or the work of God in redemption by re, or by redeeming us, the work of God. That makes us worship to worshippers. And the object of our worship is the Father, hallelujah, who is a spirit. So it means that the nature of our worship must be in spirit and in truth according to john 28 john 4 24 god is a spirit and god is a spirit and they that worship him if you are going to worship him then it must be in spirit so god is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit must worship him in spirit so i i took my time and spoke about are worshipping, to be able to worship him well, then it must be in the spirit. Worship that God does not accept worship or cannot accept or be worshipped, cannot be worshipped out outside of your spirit. So it must be spirit. When he created man, he made 
his spirit the central aspect of his, his, his being so the bible says in first thessalonians chapter 5 verse 23 it said and may the god sanctify you soul spirit and body first thessalonians 5:23 said and may the god very god of peace sanctify you wholly i pray god i pray god your whole i pray and i pray god your whole spirit soul and body did you see where it started spirit then soul and body body is the last is spirit so God sanctify you, the very God of peace sanctify you, spirit, soul, and body. Not body, soul, and spirit last. A lot of people don't give attention to the spirit. But without the spirit, you can't worship because Jesus said, God in these times only can be worshipped or only accepts worship in spirit. So it has to be in our spirit. And everybody has a spirit. Just that if you don't have Christ, your spirit is inactive, does not have life. Your spirit is dead. You are dead in your spirit. In other words, lifeless as long as the life of God is concerned. And so um, God, to be able to worship God genuinely and truly, it must be a spiritual thing. It's a spiritual exercise. True worship, true worship is a spiritual exercise. This whole thing is spiritual. This thing is spiritual. Hallelujah. So true worship is spiritual. And I also, uh, may I draw your attention to, I think, the book in the Old Testament. Uh, the book of Zechariah. In the book of Zechariah chapter 12 verse 1. Watch this. This, this, this will interest you. It says, Zechariah chapter 12 verse 1 says that the burden of the word of the Lord from, for, sorry, for Israel says the Lord, which stretched forth the heavens and laid the foundation, the foundation of the earth. So the things God did. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Isn't it so? Yeah. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens. He says that this is what God said. The God who created the heavens and stretched forth the earth. And then the third thing is, and formed, it didn't say formed man. Formed the spirit of man within him. That tells you that the spirit of man is so essential. He didn't even say made man. He said made heaven, earth, and spirit of man inside him. Form the spirit of man inside him. That tells you how central the spirit is to God. That is why Christ came to die to save us. Spirit, soul, and body. Hallelujah. Spirit, soul, and body. Now, in Job, in Job chapter I like that scripture so much. Job chapter 32 verse 8. He said, there is a spirit in man. You got a spirit. You got a spirit. There is a spirit in man. There is a spirit in man. And the inspiration of the almighty giveth him understanding. So God can can work through your spirit. Remember, Romans chapter 8 verse 16. For It says that, um, uh, the spirit himself bears witness with our, so two spirits that we are talking about now. We have the spirit, who is the spirit of God, and our human spirits. So the spirit himself bears witness with our spirits. So if God is going to 
have dealings with you, it starts from your spirit, man. It is your spirit. God can deal with you outside of your spirit. That's why Jesus even said that the words, John 6, 6, 63, the words that the spirit gives life, the words that I speak unto you are spirit and life. Uh, uh, sorry, are uh, uh, yeah, spirit and life. So for the spirit gives life, but the, the 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 flesh profits nothing. The spirit gives life. The words that I speak unto you are spirit and are life. Hallelujah. So God deals with us with this from our spirit. If you want to have an effective relationship with God, get into your spirit. Get into the spirit. Walk in the spirit. Transact in this. Somebody sent me a, a, a question. He said, Pastor. Which is which? We, you know, the scripture says that we should walk in the spirit. And then the scripture says also that we should walk by faith. Which one comes first? Is it we walk by faith or, or is it the same walking by in the spirit? Is it the same as walking by faith? And I said, yes. And to a certain extent, no. You can never walk by faith spirit, spiritlessly. When your spirit is weak, your faith will be weak. Faith is not just a decision. Faith is a reaction more than a decision. What do you mean, pastor? Faith comes by hearing. So it's not faith doesn't come by deciding. It comes by hearing. And when the word of God hits your spirit man, it provokes your spirit man. Once you receive it, it provokes your spirit man and faith. Bible said God called Abraham. Abraham didn't have his own faith. But when the word came, faith came alive. Romans chapter 10 verse 17 is clear. It said faith comes by hearing. Faith is not a decision, but it comes. You can make it come. How do you make it come? By exposing your word, yourself to the word of God, receiving it and believing what you receive, then faith is coming. Faith is coming. Faith is growing. Faith is coming. Faith is growing. So I, I tell to the person that you, you have to be in the spirit in order to be able to walk by faith. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13, it says that we have, have, we have received the spirit of faith. So it's a spirit of faith. It's a spirit of faith. So when the spirit comes in you, you cannot, see, when you, you can be in the spirit and not be consciously working by faith, but you cannot work by faith and not be in the spirit. So it's to a certain extent, there's a direct correlation. However, one Working by faith is a function of working in the spirit, being in the spirit. Because you have to be in the spirit. There's a spirit in man. There is a spirit in man and the inspiration, inspiration of the almighty God transacts with your spirit. Because John 4, 24, God is a spirit. So God is a spirit and it transacts with your spirit. Bible says that he stretched, he formed the heaven, stretched the earth and formed the spirit of man in him. That tells you how God puts priority on the spirit. I think it would be good if we start putting priority on our spirits because you cannot engage in profitable worship and without engage um, your spirit. Proverbs chapter 20 verse 27 says this. It says that the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. The spirit of man, human spirit, is the candle of the Lord. God works with your spirit. God works with the spirit. 
And so when Jesus said the time is coming, when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, he continued to say that. Why? Because God is a spirit. Because God is a spirit, you can only worship him in spirit and in truth. But men in the past couldn't really operate in the spirit effectively apart from those upon whom the Spirit of God comes upon. But it doesn't even stay on them. He comes. It is the first time the Spirit of God came to abide on a man is when Jesus was being baptized. And even him, he couldn't do anything, miracles and the things he did without the Holy Spirit. So that tells you Jesus didn't do all those things as God. He did those things as man upon whom the Spirit came. He said said in Luke chapter um, 4 verse 18 The spirit of the Lord is upon me For he has anointed me To preach the gospel to the poor it's the, His preaching was a function of the spirit What makes us think That we can do something for God Without being in the spirit Or without doing it in the spirit I like I, I, One of the things I've discovered In my studies about Paul Apostle Paul Apostle Paul was so spiritually minded That he, he was always conscious About his spirit Engaging his spirit he was very conscious about engaging his spirit. Very interesting. Second Corinthians chapter, uh, Second Corinthians chapter two. It talks about how he didn't find rest at all. In Second Corinthians chapter two, verse thirteen, he said, "I didn't have rest when I didn't find, or I didn't find Titus. He wanted his partner, his ministry partner, but when he came there and his ministry partner was not there, he said, "I didn't." find rest in my spirit. Verse 13 said, I had no rest in my spirit because I did not find titles, my brother. Second Corinthians chapter 2 verse 13. I did not find, I did not have rest in my spirit. That tells you this man was someone who was also always conscious. It wasn't whether he was hungry or physical things that were going on around him. He said, I did not find rest in my spirit. He said, made grace, he said, grace, Galatians 6 18, grace be with your spirit, your spirit. You want to experience grace, get into the spirit. This thing is a spiritual thing. And Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, I like that one. 1 Corinthians chapter 16 verse 18. He says, verse 17 talks about how um, um, uh, Stephanas, Stephanas, and then Fortunatus and Achaicus. <laughs> Very nice names. Stephanas, Fortunatus, and Achaicus. He said, he said that um, they, when they came, they were a blessing in the sense that they came to supply what was lacking amongst us, what was lacking on your part. They supplied what was lacking or fulfilled what was lacking on your part. And the verse 18 says that for they, they both refreshed my spirit and yours. See, his spirit, he was conscious about his spirit. When this guy, his value, oh, Oh, thank you, Jesus. His value on these guys was based on what they were, the impact they had on their spirit, on his spirit and the spirit of others. True ministry impacts your spirit first. True ministry is from spirit to spirit. It talks about, I think, in First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 13, where it talks about, um, um, for we, we, that we speak of things that not, um, which, this, which wisdom, which things we speak, not, by wisdom taught, uh, not with wisdom taught by men, but 
by the words taught by the Holy Spirit, comparing spiritual things with the spiritual things. So the, the thing, so it, it always happens in the spirit. So can you imagine the one who stays in the flesh, who stays in the soul? You will miss a lot of spiritual transactions because you are away, you are off that channel. You are, you have to tune into the spirit, tune into the spirit. It is a spiritual thing, my brothers and sisters. So to be able to be effective and do the things of God and work with God, it must be a, a, a function of your spirit. Paul said that Archaicus, Stephanus, Fortunatus, when they came, they, these guys were a blessing. Why? Because they refreshed my spirit and your spirit. He placed value on them based on the impact they had on his spirit, not his physical, not the money they brought to him. Not the opportunities they gave him. Not the, I'm not saying those things are not important. They are important. But your spirit first. Your spirit is important. Why don't you build relationships based on the impact it has on your spirit? I want to encourage somebody. Pr- prioritize your spiritual development. Don't be in a church because your friends are there. Be in a church because it's having an impact on your spirit. The church is having an impact on your spirit. When you are desperate for something, distance is not a problem. When you when you have, if you put value on something, what you place value on, distance does not uh, trouble. So the point here is, when you are in love, distance is not a problem. Now, so if it means developing your spirit, go for it. Go for it if it means sometimes you have to drop some friends in order to be able to develop your spirit. Because as long as they are in your life, you will never develop spiritually. That's the truth. That's the truth. As long as certain people are in your life spiritually, you ain't going anywhere. You ain't going anywhere. Because there will be a blockade, a major blockade to your any progress you attempt to make. Because they will have an influence. The Bible says that he who works with the wise shall be wise, but the companion of fools shall be destroyed. Just company. Just company. As I normally will say, that your company determines what accompanies you. The company you keep will determine what accompanies you. So it's important. You have to keep people who are spirit, uh, company with people who are spiritually minded. Paul, um, sorry. Paul, yeah, Saul, rather, Samuel told, Samuel told Saul that first uh, Samuel chapter 10 that when you leave me, you meet a company of prophets coming down from the holy hill of God. And when you meet them, you they'll be prophesying, and the spirit of God will come upon you, and you should probably prophet. It's, it's the company you get into. Praise God. So spiritually, it's important. Sometimes it's worth paying any price or paying the price to be able to secure spiritual fortitude, to be able to secure spiritual development. Paul was spiritually minded. He said in First Corinthians chapter fourteen, verse fourteen, he said, "I when I I pray in tongues, my spirit prays." He said when I pray in tongues, my spirit prays. So what will I do? He said, I'll pray with my spirit and I'll pray with my understanding. I'll sing with my spirit and I'll sing with my... I will leave my spirit out. I will leave my spirit out. Paul said, when I do this, my spirit, I engage my spirit. So I will leave my spirit out. First, at Romans chapter 1 verse 9, he says that I serve God in this... I serve God in the spirit. God who I serve in my spirit. So this whole thing... It's, you have to develop your spiritual life before you can even engage in true worship. There are times people's worship is artificially induced. It's not spiritually generated. It's artificially induced by circumstances, 
mood, lighting mood, music and instrumentation can artificially induce what it seems to be worship. But it's not worship. Worship doesn't start with music. Worship starts with the spirit of man. Starts from your spirit. So he said the time is coming when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And you have shown you. Now, Daniel. Daniel was a man of faith. He said, he spoke about how in my spirit. In Acts, in actually in Acts chapter 17, in Acts chapter 17, verse 16, Paul said something. Bible talks about Paul's spirit was troubled in him when he came to the city of Athens and he looked around and he saw altar. And he saw one altar. He said that this, he saw that the city was given to idols. His spirit, Bible says, Acts chapter 17, verse 16. His spirit was troubled or provoked inside him. His spirit. There have been times I've been to places and you, you feel an agitation, not in your soul. Then that will become, it can provoke, it's like anger or emotional. No, it's not emotional. Sometimes you feel agitation in your spirit. Something is not right here. And it is not it's not just emotion, but sometimes it can overflow from your spirit into your emotions. That's where the music comes in to enhance your worship. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, um, Daniel in Daniel chapter, Daniel chapter seven, verse 15, Daniel seven, 15. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Is that Daniel was grieved. Uh, sorry. I, Daniel, was grieved in my spirit in the midst of my body. My spirit is in my body. Inside my spirit. You may, you may see me come, but my spirit is grieved. My spirit was grieved. So these people who walked with God walked from the spirit based on the spirit. Church, my brothers and sisters, let us be spiritual. Let us relate to God, reach to God, worship him in spirit and in truth. Hallelujah. And so our spiritual uh, state is so important, is so cardinal, is so essential, and is crucial for the quality or the state of worship or the quality of worship we can offer to God. Being in the spirit is something that we have been called to do. We, what we have, watch this. The Bible says this, whatever we have, whatever we have, whatever, whatever we are, whatever we do towards God, Bible says it must all be in the spirit. Whatever we are, whatever we do, in Romans chapter, um, Romans chapter two, verse twenty-nine, it talks about we are the circumcision, right? We are the circumcision. I think it will be good to read it. Romans, thank you, Jesus. Romans, two, Romans two twenty-nine says that. But we, sorry, he, sorry, but he is a Jew who is one inward. And circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, not of the letter. He is a Jew who is one inward. The circumcision is of the spirit. So you see, this whole what we have, uh, who we are in Christ, has to do is that it must be in the spirit. Who we are in Christ must be in the spirit. Hallelujah! It must be in. It just, it just, it just must be in the spirit. What we have in Christ, Romans chapter eight, verse ten. What we have in Christ must be in the spirit. But verse 10 and verse 16, Romans 8, 10 says that, and if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is, uh, the spirit is life because of righteousness. The body is dead because of sin, but because of righteousness, the spirit is the, but the spirit, sorry, um, 
but the spirit is life because of righteousness. This righteousness we have is as a matter of the spirit, as a matter of it. And whatever we are able to do for God, Romans 1, 9, I've said this scripture quite a few times. Romans 1, 9, it says that I serve God in my spirit. What can you do for God? It must be in the spirit. Romans 7, 6. Romans 7, 6 says that, um, but now we have been delivered from the law, having died to what we were held by, so that we should serve in the newness of the spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. In the newness of the spirit. We have to serve God. Whatever you do for God must be in the spirit. It must be by your spirit, in the spirit. I was in the, I, John, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Revelation chapter 1 verse 10. I was in the spirit. And in, uh, in Romans chapter 8 verse, verse 4. Look at Romans chapter 8 verse 4. Is verse 4, I'll read verse 13 too. That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled Watch this. In us who do not work according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So what we can do for God, the righteous requirements of the law can only be fulfilled in us, those of us who walk not according to the law, but walk according to the spirit. It's very important. Romans verse 13, Romans 8.13 says that, For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you, you do put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So if you live according to the flesh, you will die. It can't take, it can't take you anyway. So whatever we are, whoever we are, whatever we can do for God must all be, uh, whatever we, whoever we are, whatever we have and whatever we can do for God, we do for God must be in the spirit. Romans chapter 12. I like this one. Romans chapter 12 verse 11. It talks about being fervent in the spirit, serving the Lord. Romans 12 11, being fervent. God, I like this. Intense. Intense in the spirit, serving the Lord. So, uh, we are called, we are called to be in the spirit, to operate in the spirit, to operate from our spirits, operate in the spirit, worship God in the spirit, serve God in the spirit. Who we are is a function of the spirit. So, people may look at us outwardly, externally, exteriorly, and judge us and brand us something, but you know what? They don't know us. The world does not know us. That's what First John says. He said the world, I think First John 3, 2 or so. The world does not know us. What we shall be has not yet appeared. The world does not know us. Why? Because they did not know God. Other chapter, chapter 3, verse 2 or verse 3. Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us that we should be called the sons of God. Verse 1, verse 2. Yeah, it continues like that. <laughs> so we don't have to wait. And the world does not, does not operate in the spirit. They, they operate in the flesh and in their souls. That is why pleasure, pleasure, excitement. Now, food, even just ordinary food will be decorated to appeal to every aspect of your being. <laughs> I'm not saying that's bad, but that's our generation. Everything is calling for your attention to embellish you, you. It's all about you, you, you. But the truth is, true worship is not about us, it's about God. True worship is not about us, it's about God. And it must be in the spirit. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse, I like that scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6. It says that God has made us able ministers according, not according to the letter. For the letter, according to the spirit, not according to the letter. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. See, it says that, 
Second Corinthians chapter 3 verse 6, who has made us sufficient as ministers of the New Testament or New Covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. All these transactions and whatever we can be and do is of the Spirit. Now, coming back to our fundamental text that God is the Spirit and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Jesus said that by our, verse 23 for the, of John chapter 4, but the hour comes and now is when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth for the Father seeks such to worship Him. God is, oh, God is the Spirit and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Now, watch this. How, what do you have to do to be able to enhance your deep spiritual worship? To enhance your worship spiritually or to enhance spiritual worship. So if you must worship in spirit and truth, pastor, what should I do? What makes a person a deep spiritual worshiper? This is very important. This is very important. I actually forgot to mention Mary, when the spirit of God came on her and she conceived Jesus. The, the, it's called the Magnificat in Luke chapter 1 verse 46. Said, my soul that magnifies the Lord and verse 47, and my spirit rejoice in God my Savior. <laughs> my spirit rejoice in God my Savior. May your spirit rejoice in God your Savior. May you stay in the spirit and operate from your spirit. May you become spiritually strong and buoyant in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Now, this text is important. Look, let's look at Luke chapter. Luke chapter 24. This is when Jesus resurrected from the dead and he was, um, he went to join himself to his, to some of his disciples from verse 13 who were traveling to Emmaus. So when they were going, they were having conversations and he engaged in conversation. They spoke about the, the one who, the Messiah, who is supposed to be the Messiah, but he's been crucified, he's been killed. And three days now, some of the ladies who went said they've seen him alive and the brethren said he's alive. So this is what's going on. And he said, then in the verse 24, he said, Oh, ye of a foolish, foolish ones, ye of slow in heart to believe what the prophets, uh, what the prophets have said. Um, Verse 25 says that, and he said unto them, Oh fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophet, watch this, this is very important, to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ, ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and entered his glory. Watch this, verse 27 is so important. And beginning at Moses, Moses and all the prophets, thus they took all the whole of the Old Testament. At that time, that was their scripture. The only scripture they had was the Old Testament. Bible said he, beginning from the Old Testament, all right, he expounded to them, and beginning from all the prophets uh, of Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them all the scriptures in all the scriptures the things concerning him. So he said, oh, these things he showed them in scriptures the things concerning him. He expounded. That's Bible study with Jesus. Can you imagine how amazing it would be? few hours of traveling, they were walking. And Jesus, within that short time, he opened their eyes to see what was. That is why, that is what empowered their preaching. So when Peter was preaching, he said, this is what the first preaching of their church, Acts chapter 2. He said, this is what was written by Joel. 
He quoted Dua and he recited it. And Stephen, when they were killing him, he recited the whole, he, he just quoted, explained the whole Old Testament. And then he quoted several bits. Peter was quoting. He said that Jesus, David said by the Spirit, the Spirit of, sorry, the Spirit of God said the mouth of David, you will not suffer your Holy One to seek for everything. He was quoting Psalms. Psalm 16, Psalm 2, in his one preaching. Psalm 10. Sorry, Psalm 110, Psalm 16, verse 2. He was quoting, he was quoting. He was explaining the text to them. He was explaining the text to them. How? Because when Jesus resurrected and met them, he explained the text to them. He, their eyes were now open. In verse 45 of Luke chapter 24, he says that, and he opened their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. That's very important. That is so important. And you know, when he did the Bible study with them in verse 32, look at what happened in verse 32. Bible says that, and... Um, and their eyes, verse 31 says, and their eyes were opened and they knew him and he vanished out of their sight. When they read, ah, it's Jesus. Bible says, vanished out of their sight. But listen to what they said. Very, very significant. And they said one to another, ah, did our, not, did our hearts not burn within us? While he talked with us by the way and while he opened unto, uh, opened to us the scriptures. Ah, so when Jesus, ah, they could feel this burning heart. But they didn't identify him. But their hearts burned in them. Their hearts came alive. How did it happen? When he said their heart, it meant their spirits. Their spirit was on fire, on fire for God. Their spirit was catching fire. Their hearts were burning. A burning heart would produce fervent worshiper. Wow. That's where I'm going. A burning heart will produce, will inevitably produce a fervent worshiper in spirit. A burning heart. How did they get this burning heart? Watch this. It is by the, by, it's as a result of the teachings Jesus gave them. The explanation, the opening of the scriptures from Moses throughout all the prophets gave them a heart burn. <laughs> Give them a burning heart. Who? A burning heart. Come on. What we see? You see, what hinders quality praise is not pure. It's not poor or poor music. Poor. P O O R. Poor music. It is not poor music that undermines worship. It is ignorance. Hallelujah. It is not poor music. It is not poor music, but ignorance is what hinders true worship. When Jesus explained the text and opened the text to them, their hearts started burning. They had burning hearts, which invariably produces intense worship, genuine worship. So the point here, don't blame the organist. Don't blame the instrumentation. Don't blame the music. Blame your knowledge of God. They that know their God shall be strong. Your the quality of your worship is a function function of the God you know. He said, Him whom you worship without knowing him, him declare I to you. Whom him Acts 17 23. Him whom you worship without knowing. In in, uh, in John chapter 4, Jesus says his own ways. He says that ye worship what you know not, but we worship what we know. That was, that's what gives us an advantage over you. So worship, quality of your worship has a lot to do with how you know the God you are trying to worship. And so that leads to the fact that, that points to the fact that you got to know God. You got to know God, not by 
feelings, not feelings, not feelings, not feelings, insights, understanding, enlightenment in the scriptures. As you, that's why you cannot be a true worshiper. How? It's music. You are a music lover. <laughs> hey, let me tell you, you are a music lover. You don't read your Bible. You don't indulge. You don't, you don't bury yourself. You don't engage in the Bible. You don't listen to preaching. You don't listen to preaching that points you to the text. You don't, you know, you want receive, 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 receive. Every time receive, you are not the center of Christianity. You are not. <laughs> you, you are not the center. It's not about you. It's about God. <laughs> if it's about God, if you are not, Craving more of his word. He said, Oh, how I, I, I treasure your word, your word more than my necessary food. Job, Job chapter 12, 23. He said, I treasure your word more than my, my, my necessary food. <laughs> Jeremiah 15, 16. I found your word. I did eat the, the joy of my heart. I love it. I love it. I love the word. He said, Oh, how I love thy law in Psalm 119. Oh, how, how I love thy law. They are my meditation all day. Psalm 119. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you, if you are not in love with God's word and you are not engaging yourself in God's word and you, you say, Oh, me, I just love worship. You are not a true worshiper. <laughs> now that's where we are getting there. You, we are look, God is looking for burning heart worshipers. Hallelujah. God seeks burning heart Worshippers, burning heart worship, and burning heart worship comes from illumination from the text of scripture. Illumination from scripture, other than that, there's no future in these claims of worship. Now, watch this to be able to be to engage in burning heart worship, you must be an ardent meditator. In other words, meditate on God's word. Constantly think about it. Let it be on meditation means focused thinking. It's always on your mind. Your thinking is focused on something. You are keeping it on your mind. Meditate. It says that uh, uh, um, um, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And it said these commandments I give you, you shall teach them to your children. To your children, keep them in the midst of your eyes. Oh, and that's Deuteronomy chapter six, verse four, four verse six. In Proverbs chapter four, verse twenty. Um, 22, it says that uh, verse 20, 20, go, it said, give attention to my word, incline your ears to my sayings, and give attention to my word, my son, for they are life to those who find them, and health to the, all their flesh. Life. Give God's word attention. It will help you to know God. And I'm not saying the fact that you are, you are going to do theology will make you know God. No. It's not because Bible says that the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. That is why I spoke about the spirit faith. Start with your spirit. When you start engaging your spirit and expose yourself to sound Bible teachers who will feed you with the word of God. The word of God primarily is not for doctrine per se, even though it's profitable for doctrine, is fundamentally for feeding of the spirit man, the word of God. Man must not live by bread alone. Feed on God's word. Feed. When, after you hear preaching like this, go back, get the notes and read over it. Check all the notes and reference and read more, read more, read more. Feed your spirit. It will empower your worship life because you have been taught. Now you go and check it and grow your spirit, man. 
Grow your spirit, man. It's, it's contemplation. Contemplate on God's word. Let the word of God be on your mind. Be on your mind constantly. Let me read this text for you to see. Psalm, hmm, I like this one. Psalm 86, verse 5. For you, Psalm 77, now I come to 86. Thank you, Jesus. Psalm 77 from verse 1. I cried out to God with my voice. To God, I cried to God with my voice. To God with my voice. And he gave ear to me. God will give ear to you in Jesus' name. I said, God will hear you, give ear to you in Jesus' name. You will not be put to shame. Before, by the time this lockdown is over, you will have a testimony to share. You will have a testimony to share. He says that in the, watch this, this is the verse 2, that's getting interesting now. It's 10, it's taking another 10. In the day of my trouble, I saw the Lord. My hand was stretched out in the night without season. Every night, oh God, oh God. My soul refused to be comforted. Oh. Oh God, I remembered God and was troubled. I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. You hold my eyelid op- my eyelids open. I am so troubled that I cannot speak. I have considered the days of old and the years of ancient times. I call to remember uh, I come to remembrance my song my my song in the night. I meditate I meditate within my heart and my spirit makes diligent search. What, what is this going on? What? It's in the mid, in the middle of trouble. Listen to what he said, verse seven. He said, will the Lord cast, will the Lord cast off forever? And will he, will he be favorable no more? It, then he began, all the worrying that was going on. Now he, he, this is what he said. I was troubled. I was this. Will God cast forever? No. Will the Lord have favor no more? No. This is not the kind of God I know. Watch this. Will he have favor no more? His mercy uh, 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 has his mercy ceased forever? Has his, has his promises failed forever? Has God forgotten to be gracious? And uh, has he in anger shut up his tender mercies? I said, this is my anguish, but I will remember the years of the right hand the most high uh, uh, sorry, uh, of the right hand of the most high i will remember the works of the lord is this now he's talking about the works of the lord he had information he knew in understanding he knew something about his god in psalm 47 verse 7 he says that serve the lord or praise the lord with understanding your understanding will inform or uh, will empower your praise will empower your worship because it will keep your heart burning it doesn't matter what is going on around you when you are convinced paul that's what paul said in second corinthians second Timothy chapter 2 chapter 1 verse 12 said i know in whom i have believed so never delays that said for which reason I suffer all these things. Never delays. I'm not never delays. He said, I'm not ashamed. Why? Because I know in whom I believe and I am persuaded. I am convinced. I am persuaded that whatever I committed, he knew the God he was serving. That's why he can't compromise his That is why he could give God praise in the prison. That all other prisoners were hearing the praise. Hey, single, single, praising God, praising God, praising God, clapping and uh, praising God. Bible said that suddenly they, they could praise God in prison because he knew in whom he had believed. The reason why some people's worship is flaky, inconstant, in, unreliable, undependable is because. They're, they're actually not growing in knowing in the knowledge of God. 
according to second peter chapter 3 verse 18 grow in grace and in the knowledge of the lord jesus christ you have to know him i spoke about knowing god earlier on philippians chapter 1 verse 3 verse 10 chapter 3 verse 10 it talks it says that that i might know him chapter 3 verse 7 that i might for the excellence of the knowledge excellency of the knowledge of christ that i might know him that i might know him when you know god you shall be strong daniel 11 23 32 they know their god shall be strong i see god strengthening you because your eyes are opening to know him so you see because of what he knew about god even in the midst of trouble when things are so dull and dark when darkness has surrounded him he said oh no i know my god i know my god god will never forsake god will never punish forever i know he will do when you when you get a chance read down was it's such a beautiful text psalm 86 verse 5 it says that for you lord are good and ready to forgive come on 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 bro come on says look at what he's saying he said god you are good you are ready to forgive. this is someone who knew god he knows that god will forgive god is ready to forgive if he confesses and repents say you are good this God we claim to worship, do we know him? If you don't know him deeply, your worship is shallow in with spirit and in truth. It's the depths of your understanding and insight about God that empowers and, and, and makes your worship unique. We can worship in the time of crisis, even in the time of death, a true worshiper, when death is surrounding you. When you can see loved ones have been, you know, things are happening. Negative things have happened around you. Even in the midst of that, you can still worship God. You can still worship God. Why? Because, you know, Stephen, when they were stoning him, I would say he knelt down and said, Lord Jesus, cry out to the Lord and said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he said, don't lay it against them. Acts chapter 7, verse 56, receive my spirit. Verse 59. He prayed and 60 said, Lay it not to their charges. He just prayed. Why? Look at, just look at what he did before he got to that state. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. One, they could, because this thing is a spiritual thing. He was filled with the Spirit. One. But two, he had insight into God's word. He summarized the entirety of the whole Old Testament from Abraham right down to the end of the Old Testament. He sum, the summary of the Old Testament was given by Stephen, who they stoned and died. Can you imagine his insights and his understanding and his, he, he, he knew this God he was serving. You can't serve him truly if you don't know him well. So the, the challenge and the situation is we have to grow in our knowledge of God. Let me just add one more, one or two more scriptures in Psalm. It's the same. I just want to stay in Psalm, 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 oh, did I finish Psalm 85? No, I didn't finish Psalm 85. He said that for you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive and abundant in mercy to all those who call upon you. Hallelujah. Give ear, oh, verse 6, give ear, oh, Lord, to my prayer and attend to the voice of my supplications. In the day of my trouble, I will call upon you for you will answer me. This is somebody who knows God. Among the gods, there is none like you. There's none like you. This is talking about the attributes of God. There's none like you, O Lord. Nor are there any works like your works. So to be able to know, you have to know his works and know his attributes. Know his nature. He's good. He's kind. He's merciful. He's righteous. He's uh, 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 loving. He vindicates. He fights. 
You must know these things. And then you can, you must know the things that he does, the things that he opened the rest. He gave brother, uh, brother Michael a testimony. He'll give you your own. He did, he was behind the good things that are coming. He was behind this. He was behind, he was behind the safe passage. So if he has saved, seen you through peacefully, is it your job, your marriage, your health, your situation, your ministry? He can't see you through. He can't help you with. Oh, come on. God is helping you in Jesus name. Amen and amen. So he says that among the God who is like you, verse nine, all nations who you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name. For you are great and do wondrous things. You alone are God. Teach me your way, O Lord. I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. I will praise you. See, praise is coming because of the things. I will praise you, O Lord, my God, with all my heart. And I will glorify your name forever. For great is your mercy towards me. And your uh, and you have delivered my soul from the death of hell or shoil. You have delivered. Great is your mercy towards me. This is a man who knows his God. That's why I said, whatever happens, I'll praise the name of my God. Hallelujah. Let's look at Psalm, Psalm 46 and Psalm 47. Then I think I'll, I'll end. I, I trust you are receiving something. Yes. The only way you can worship God in truth is when you know him. Because in spirit, when you know him, your spirit sets ablaze. Knowing God is so sweet. The actual worship leader is the one who does the teachings. Because the quality of worship is determined by the quality of feeding or the quality of the teachings. Hallelujah. So the more you get to know about God through his word and through the teaching of his word, the better a worshiper you become. Psalm 46, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth be removed. You see, he knows God. So I'm not be, you know God, and that's why you are not be, you will not be afraid. God is helping you in Jesus' name. I said, God is helping somebody in Jesus' name. God is helping somebody in Jesus' name. You shall have a testimony in the mighty name of Jesus. He said, even though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled. Though the mountains shake with its swellings, there is a river whose stream make, make, shall make glad the city of God. Psalm 46. Yeah. Verse 5. Psalm 46 verse 5. Uh, verse 4. Says, there is a river. The streams whereof make glad the city of God. The holy place of the tabernacle Tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her. And that's right early. The heathen raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. <laughs> Hallelujah! The Lord of hosts is... I think you should write this somewhere on your fridge or somewhere. Paste it somewhere. Print it and put it somewhere. Or your status somewhere. The Lord of hosts is with us and the God of Jacob is our refuge. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord of hosts with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the works of the Lord. Who? Uh, what desolations he has made in the earth. He makes wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaks the bow. He cuts the spear in asunder. 
in sander. He, he, he burns the chariots in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge seller. Hallelujah. This is someone, if you know your God, you shall be strong in the Lord. You shall be, your worship shall be strong if you know God. It sets your heart on fire. There are sometimes I, I hear some songs and I get very excited because not the, not the instrumentation. I like music. Some of the words of the songs are so enriching. It, it speaks so much about the God. I serve the God I know. He said, I never know how much it costs to see my Savior or my sins on the cross or my sins hanging on the cross. I, I, I got my Savior hung on the cross or my sins. It's amazing. Some of the songs that in Christ alone, my hope is built. He's my light, my strength, my song. This, this solid rock, it's cornerstone, this solid rock. Firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of seas. What, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, hallelujah. Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong, the Savior's blood. Through the storms, he's, hallelujah. Through the virus, coronavirus, crisis and challenges, financial challenges, he is Lord. That, yo, how well you know God and your heart burns based on what you know God is what overflow. Worship overflows. Psalm 45, overflows. A matter, my, it's overflowing from my heart. In my mouth, it overflows from the depths of your heart. And what's the burning heart is what produces a quality worshiper. I think I will leave it because I was going to read some 47, but it's the same line. The troubles come, but the people of God will always not fail to give God worship because your worship cannot be stifled. Your worship cannot be quenched. Your worship cannot be re-diverted re, re or derailed. Your worship cannot be stopped when you know the God you worship. Jesus said the time is coming and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth for such seeks the Father to worship him. For God is the spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. I see you becoming that kind of person in Jesus name. Amen. So in the nutshell, I spoke about how it is a spiritual thing. When you're worshiping, it must be from your spirit and the spirits must be set ablaze by the illumination of through God's word. Illumination sets your hearts ablaze. Burning hearts. Hallelujah. Worship. God is asking for a burning heart worship. We thank God for using his servant, Reverend Dr. David Entry, to share this awesome word. If this message has blessed you in any way, please spread the word by sharing it and send us an email to amen at caris.org. Remember to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter for regular updates on what God is doing here at Caris Ministries. Stay blessed.